Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's the Duval Hot Takes Podcast. Starring Sean Daly. The Jaguars have drafted the first player ever from Division 5. Pee Wee League Football. Pat Smith. Release the text. You know what happened is if I died and my my text got out, they would leave me out in the middle of a desert to get picked <laughs> apart by the vultures. <laughs> With Taylor Smith and Devin May. I have to pick two. Your wife, your mother, your child, $20 million. $20 million. Hard stop. <laughs> Here we go! Ladies and gentlemen, good day to you and welcome to the Duval Hot Takes Podcast, your favorite podcast for the Jacksonville Jaguars, brought to you by Big Cat Country and SB Nation. My name is Taylor Smith, I'm your moderator for the show. I am joined by your hosts, Sean Daly. Hello there! Pat Smith. Yes, sir. And Facts and Stats man, Devin Mabe. Hello. Today is Wednesday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. The NFL Draft is now behind us. A quick recap. Didn't go quite the way we were expecting. First overall was more in line with media expectations. Fortunately or unfortunately, you decide. Throughout the weekend, Jags made some moves. Balky with his galaxy brain finessing his way down from 12 picks to 7. We're checking grades around the internet. I am not seeing any A's, but I'm not seeing any F's yet. Let's see what our hosts think. We're going to hit as many rounds as we can today. Let Sean and Pat give you their takes. And I think we're actually... Going to have another guest call in soon to share his takes. Longtime listener asked to join us on the show today. But first, Sean, take it away. First off, just want to jump out. You know, Taylor mentioned draft grades. I want to uh, let you know right now, every draft grade article you've read, every little letter with a symbol next to it, like a minus or a plus mark, I want you to take all that shit, remove it from your fucking memory, throw it in the trash can, take the trash can, bury it in the ground. I want you to shove it as far down deep in the ground as you can, get it down there real deep to where nobody could ever find it, because that's how meaningless draft grades are right after the draft. Don't look in, don't read. We don't know shit. We don't know anything. The only time you can grade a draft class is three to four years after that draft class has been drafted to see how many people you're going to re-sign to the roster, to see how many of those players are actually good players. Uh, What have you gotten out of three years? You don't know two days after the draft, three days after the draft, a week after the draft. You don't know how good the draft class is. When you look back at the Seattle Seahawks when they were building the Legion of Boom and they drafted Bruce Irvin, everybody said that was a, a stretch. They drafted Russell Wilson, everybody said that was a stretch. That they, Their draft grade was like D minus, C plus. Three years later, it was an A plus. Okay, so you don't know uh, what you don't know. So, like, people think that the Jets killed the draft. All right? We'll see three years. Uh, I think, historically speaking, the Jets never kill the draft. We'll see how it looks three years from now. All right? People are upset with the way 
the Jaguars started out the draft, number one overall, 1.1. Trayvon Walker, we said on this podcast, anybody but him. We wanted Aiden Hutchinson. I was screaming for Aiden Hutchinson the whole time. But guess what? You know, we don't live in that world, all right? The Jaguars, they fell in love with Trayvon Walker and his measurables, what he did at the Combine, what he could develop into. So if we're going to say today who's better, a better football player, Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker, the answer is Aiden Hutchinson. But three years from now, the answer could be Trayvon Walker. So I'm begging you, as Jacksonville Jaguar fans, listen to this podcast. I'm begging you to give this guy a chance. All right? he's He looks really good. He's got the measurables. He could develop into something really great on this defense for many years. He starts off with this clean slate. He's done nothing wrong to this franchise. Everybody's killing him out the gate, saying, why us? Trayvon Walker, we screwed up the first pick. We don't know. We don't know anything, all right? Until training camp rolls around, preseason, and we start playing some games, we start seeing him in a Jaguar uniform with pads on, we don't know if it's a bad pick or not. So I just ask everyone to take a nice, deep, collective breath on Trayvon Walker, let him get into this organization, get into the weight room, and win you over. Give him a chance to win you over. That's all I'm asking. I'm really angling that at my co-host because I know he's like, I think he's foaming at the mouth. I'm looking at him right now. And he's literally foaming at the mouth. The rabies is fully kicked in. And he's ready to rip my face apart because, because I don't think he was happy with that first pick as most of us were. And I don't know if he's willing to take the patience route that I am. So I hand it to you, my friend, my cohort, Pat Smith. What do you have to say? No, I think I think you said it the best you could. Um, it, first night, obviously, the first five minutes, a lot of words came out of the mouth. A lot of words I wasn't happy about. Um, <laughs> it's that Jaeger. Yeah, it, Jaeger. That, yeah, that Jaeger was speaking languages that I probably would never be able to re-speak again in my life. So, um, <laughs> Demon speak? No, I wasn't pleased with the first overall pick. I think, a, I think the general consensus of the fan base was that they were not pleased with the first overall pick. Um, the grades, I agree with you. You know, this they change year to year. I, I don't think this even gets close to the 2020 draft. I mean, that, that draft was just horrendous from start to to finish. Yeah. And I don't think this is this even this pales in comparison to that draft. So in that sense, I'm happy in some of the routes we took um, in, in this draft. Uh, obviously, first overall is the most uh, spoken about thing. Listen, at worst case scenario, if, if you want to know how I'm compartmentalizing this entire first overall pick, it it doesn't matter to me. Okay, that's what I see it. We fumbled the bag on plenty of first round picks. If if the worst thing that happens is is Traylon Walker is a four year guy and he doesn't do anything else after the fact, guess what? Rinse and repeat. We've done it before. We'll probably do it again. And it, you know, like water on a duck, it comes, it rolls right off. I don't care. It's whatever. If if he comes out and he becomes, if he makes me eat crow like most of us and he just is a sacking machine and he just he is just erupting backfields throwing off quarterbacks just getting absolute destruction wreaking havoc on the offensive side of the line of scrimmage then i will absolutely a hundred percent bang the table and say hey i was wrong i'm an idiot and and listen go go man go but again like everyone else 
I will give you the opportunity to prove me right or prove me wrong. Me personally, from what I've seen, he's a one-trick pony, okay? He profited off of probably the most explosive defense Georgia has seen this this modern era of college football. It will never be replicated again. It was a lightning-in-a-bottle defense, similar to LSU a few years ago, where I think he profited off of the talent around him. And, and he's he's a bull rush guy with very little to no technique on the defensive line. He's very straightforward. There's no tricks. There's no there's no spins. There's no hand movement. There is no hezies. There aren't any. It's very plain cut and dry. He's coming straight to you. And if you block him, you win the rep every single time. If you if you if you if you don't. Then hey, he's gonna get by you, or, or he'll accelerate behind the line and 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 get to the quarterback. That's that's the one thing I can say about him. He's explosive off the line, okay, and he goes straight downhill. That's it. But that's it. That's a gift and a curse, okay. You, you know, I just I, I disagree with you there. All right, I have to jump in here because I think he's quite multiple. I don't think he's a one trick pony. All right, freaking Mike Caldwell has stressed being multiple on defense. When you look at the way the Tampa Bay ran their defense the last few years with Devin White, okay, with Indomitian Sue. All right, with Jason Pierre-Paul, with all these guys, they move around certain areas. Sometimes they play Sue inside. Sometimes they play him outside. Sometimes he's got it, he's standing up. All right, same with Devin White. Sometimes he's on the line. Sometimes he's standing up. They want guys to be able to play multiple positions and come from different areas to give quarterbacks and offenses different looks. And I think Trayvon Walker can play inside. He can play outside. He can stand up. I think Aiden Hutchinson doesn't have that versatility, and that was a big part of why Trayvon Walker went number one overall over Aiden Hutchinson because I can see Mike Caldwell saying we have to have to be able to run multiple fronts with our front seven and Trayvon Walker can fit three roles at any time that I need him and give me that sort of depth uh, you know, and versatility, absolutely number one. That's what I think went into it. Yeah, and and that could very well be the case. But listen, I had that same line shoved up my ass about Clavon Chason. Okay, that he was going to come in and play on the edge and play standing up and play with his hand in the dirt and this and that and play, you know, linebacker out in the zone. I, I, I heard it plenty of times. And guess what? Clavon Chason is about as useless as a three legged horse running the Kentucky Derby right now. Okay, it, nothing. You're not getting that production out of him. You could barely get the production out of him at one position. I wish somebody would call me a three legged horse. That's all I want out of this life. That would be amazing. I just know that starting out. He's going to have an excellent coach in Buckner on the defensive line to help him transition into the NFL. All I know is that it's it's a pipe dream to think that a rookie that is as limited as he is in technique and I and again I stress technique to be able to move around in the NFL and be viable at other positions. I think he's a hand in the dirt defensive end, uh, you know, that that will be able to just come downhill. And maybe if he learns a trick or two to, to to open up his playbook, even better. But I think that's what he's going to be. And I'm not mad about that, okay? If he turns out to be the best at that and he can contain running plays, he can close out the outside lane and keep everything inside, I that would be phenomenal. I would love that. That'd be great. The occasional sack or two, if 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 uh you know Josh Allen or or, or Hamilton can get uh, some bodies off of him and he maybe makes a play or two, I would love that. That's fine. If he wants to go out, but again, that's not a statistically high career. Okay, that's very one dimensional. And why I think most people are upset at one one. If you take a mid round in the one, 
you know, maybe people aren't so upset. You and I are only going off of what we know right now, right? You look at the tape, that is all you can look at. That's all you can judge him on. And and in Georgia, I think he was a byproduct of a very good defense, all right? He wasn't exactly the first guy to the quarterback every time. He made very few plays behind the line of scrimmage. And if he made any play at all, you know, it, it most of the time was in the positive for the other team. And, and that was the end of it, okay? So... I can I can absolutely understand where the fan base is. I can understand that they're, they're upset, and and I am as well. But again, I think you take the best path in in allowing him the opportunity to play it out, give him a chance. I mean, listen, we said the same thing about Tyson coming out last year, and he made moves towards the end of the end of the season last year. Last six games, yep. So let's let's give let's give him the opportunity he deserves at the very least. But don't be mad if I'm shitting on him week three or week four and I'm seeing the same kind of crap. I mean, it's it's going to happen. One thing I will say, okay, I was happy to see the Jaguars uh, have cohesiveness a little bit with their picks. You see how these picks kind of work together a little bit, I think, because I see with Trayvon Walker at number 1-1, you have a block eater, somebody that if, if they top out, on, at his ceiling, he's going to need a double team every single time, and he's going to stop the run early downs, one and two. Like He's a gap filler, block eater, just a black hole. He might not be able to get that much penetration as like a, an Aiden Hutchinson off the edge with speed moves, but Trayvon Walker will push a guy straight back into the running back that's trying to find a lane. All right, so there's your early down work, your block eater, and then what do the Jaguars do? They trade back into the first round. No, not for a receiver, but for arguably, I don't know if it's that arguably, the best blitzing linebacker in this draft in Devin Lloyd. He has a high football IQ. He can play behind the defensive line. He knows exactly what lanes are going to open up, when to jump and tip the pass when the quarterback's trying to throw it to the flat. Devin Lloyd seems like a wild card that just knows how to get penetration and when to jump up and bat passes down. And I think that fits perfectly together. I think those two games complement each other very well. Trayvon Walker is there to eat the blocks to help with blitzing packages on third down from linebackers like Devin Lloyd. So Trayvon Walker might not ever have 15 sacks in a year, but how many sacks will Trayvon Walker create in Mike Caldwell's scheme? It could be in the 20s. It could honestly be in the 20s if he's opening lanes for blitzing linebackers such as Foye Luquan or Devin Lloyd or another linebacker that was drafted at number 70 that I can't wait to talk about. But I love how those two picks complement each other. It shows that the Jaguars have a vision for what they want to be on defense. A lot of people wish they had that vision on offense in this draft. I understand that. But I'm seeing the defense come together with these picks. I'm excited about Walker. All right. And I'm excited about what he's going to do for every other position on this defense, opening them up to be in positions to succeed. Somebody's got to do the dirty work. All right. You don't want to take the dirty work guy at number one. I understand that. But if you get the best dirty work guy in the NFL at number one in Trayvon Walker, if that's what he develops into and everyone around him eats, how can you say that's a bad pick? No. And if that's if that's exactly how it, it trickles out to be, then I'm I'm perfectly okay with it. Like I said, it's not it's not ideal, 
by any means, especially in the early goings of things, and you're trying to find out how this team is going to develop, and, and you're looking at that offense, and you know that you're coming off of one of the worst averaging years on points in offensive play, um, and you got a rookie quarterback who's now in year two. Year two, I think that's a big thing that people are looking at. That clock is ticking. He's a four-year quarterback. Okay, that's how you got to view him. You can't look at him as a franchise guy because in four years, if you can't get him right, you can't make him happy, and you can't build a team around him. Listen, worse guys have walked away from teams. Okay, worse guys have walked away from from their home teams. Russell Wilson um, and, and said, "Listen, I'm done with this. I'm going to move on and find something else." So I think mm-hmm. a lot of people see that sense of urgency and, and don't really see that being addressed on the offensive side. Sure, you did in the free agency, but maybe you wanted to see some young, developing. Uh, immediate impact play on the offensive side, which I can completely understand. But I can say that the the Devin Lloyd pick at 27 gave me a little resurgency of life in this draft. Okay, obviously you you look at the the one one pick and you're thinking, okay, let's see what falls out of out of the first round. See what's available at uh, at 33, and uh, you know tomorrow, and then and then we'll pick up the pieces. Um, me personally. Uh, at 27, I you know Tyler Linderbaum was picked at 25, which I think the Ravens far and away probably had one of the best drafts out of everyone in this in this uh, in this class. Yeah. But uh, Devin Lloyd comes in at 27, so I'm a little frustrated because you know you were only two spots away. You could have easily gotten the best hey, center. We addressed that though, baby. A little tease, little tease. We addressed the center. We did. All right. We did. Don't worry. We got the next Brandon Linder. And I think Devin Lloyd, as you mentioned. Could be one of the at least a one A one B linebacker out of this draft. Very patient. I, I got to say, very patient when he's coming up to make a play at the line of scrimmage. He finds the hole. He reads the play. Very smart in between the ears. Great in zone coverage. I mean, it, you're talking about a guy where beforehand you you were looking at foyer at the linebacking core and no one else around him he's an immediate help at that core comes in he can play day one again very i can't stress enough if you look at his film he's very patient he does not just rush downhill and get get bodied by by an offensive lineman he looks for the hole he looks for the play developing and when he blitzes he comes downhill fast great closing speed uh, very fun to watch on film and and always looking for the ball. There's a lot of picks that I saw that he took. They're at the line of scrimmage. He's getting his paws up. He's making a play, and he's, and he's taking it to the house sometimes. So I think between the two, I'm far and beyond more excited for Devin Lloyd than I am for Walker. And I think I think Devin Lloyd comes on his team, immediate impact. And between him and Foyer, this might be one of the better. And then, again, to mention later on another pick, might be the best linebacking core that this franchise has seen in a very long time. And that's hilarious coming from uh, rags literally just the year before and the year prior to that to absolute riches where, where you are now. So very exciting prospect on defense. like that pick a lot, and, and I'm very excited to see what he does on, on the defense side. Guys, I'm going to cut in here real quick. Uh, good stuff so far. I'm loving the takes. Before we continue... I mentioned earlier, we have a caller joining us today. He's a longtime listener who wanted to share his takes. He's here with us now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Duval Dan to the show. Duval Dan! Dan, glad to have you here with us. Hey guys, longtime listener, first time caller. Thanks for having me on. So Duval Dan, what did you think of the first round? We we heard it from our hosts, our first two picks of the draft. Uh, let's let's hear your takes. I gotta say, dude! 
Duval. Duval. Love it. Yeah, so I kind of agree with both of you guys. You know, I, I saw someone in your replies on Twitter, and I should have wrote down their at and gave them a shout-out. But, you know, they said, I'm never going to judge a Jaguar player before they get a chance to put the jersey on. So, you know, definitely want to give him a chance and, and see what he can do on the field. Big guy, freak athlete. You know, we all probably saw the comparisons to some old Trent Balky picks. So, Solomon Thomas, yeah. Y- yeah, and I think Alden Smith as well was thrown out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a typical Balky pick. Not, not overly surprising. It, it does seem, though, kind of like they outsmarted themselves, you know. Um, you had all the leverage in the world. You had Aiden Hutchinson sitting right there. You had to think Detroit was going to go there at two with him being, you know, the Michigan kid. Would have loved to seen us kind of smoke and mirrors, try to leverage a trade there, right? Um, the other thing was, and this is maybe what moved me in, in one direction or the other, is, you know, I would have loved to seen kind of a, a greater reaction from him. I think, you know, as a Jaguar fan, we long so much for guys that really want to be here and want to play for us. And, um, you know, it just kind of felt like that kind of C.J. Henderson type, you know, kind of emotionless reaction. And, you know, we don't really know. It could be he's a more stoic guy and, you know, people handle things differently. But would have loved to seen him, you know, seem really excited, um, kind of like kind of like you saw with Devin Lloyd. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that immediate reaction – kind of bums you out a little bit. You would have loved to see a little more emotion there. And then, of course, as soon as we draft him, Rappaport comes out and says, oh, the guy was in a car crash. So it's just immediately something negative. It just feels like, you know, uh, typical Jaguar stuff. So I'm trying to take the good with the bad, um, hoping for more production as a pro player. But overall, don't necessarily hate the pick and definitely want to give the guy a chance. Now, are you going to say, are you going to put a number out there to say, like, this is a successful pick or not? Or is it going to be kind of the plays that don't show up in the stat sheet? Are you going to say if Trayvon Walker year one has less than six and a half sacks, is he, oh, he's a bust, he's a bust? Or do you think people will be smart enough to be able to watch him play on defense and see if he creates opportunities for other players around him to give himself that value? What do you, what say you? Man, I think when you're drafting a guy one one, you really want to see him put up some numbers. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to put a number out there, and you know, you got to understand how guys fit into schemes and everything like that. And um, but it, it's hard for me to to rationalize taking a guy at one one and considering a considering him a block eater. Yeah. You know, you're you're gonna want to see him finishing plays and getting in the backfield, making tackles for losses, forcing turnovers, um, you know, batting balls at the line, getting the sacks. Um, so, you know, it's hard to put a number out there, but you, you definitely would want to, you know, I think would see want to see more trending towards the double-digit sack range from a number one overall pick. And I know that's a lot to ask, but, you know, yep. you're taking the guy 1-1. He's got to be transcendent. If you're going 1-1, he's got to be a transcendent talent, and he has to excel in at least one area that's just better than anybody else. And I feel like that's why Jaguar fans are pretty scared right now, because we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. He uh, he hasn't worn the teal yet, so we're not going to throw him out. We're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, Okay. We're going to give the guy a chance, but I don't know. With that being said, though, and I'm seeing a lot of gatekeeping going on, especially on Twitter, that that really drives me up a wall, especially with this fan base. Um, the, the whole idea of, of exp- 
giving Trayvon Walker a high ceiling and expecting it or, or you know, being skeptical about the pick automatically makes you a bad fan is absolute bullshit. Miss me with all that, okay? Yeah. For, for folks who I've been around for the last decade, two decades, and I've watched this franchise go draft after draft after draft, selecting bums, and if they weren't bums and they were talented, they're playing elsewhere, somewhere else in the league, so miss me with that, okay? I don't give a shit if it's a new coach. I don't care if it's a new ideology. I don't care. Whatever coach speak you want to give me, I don't care. Show me different. Trayvon Walker is 1-1 with that ceiling that should be met as a 1-1. And until he shows me he's worth it, I am a skeptic beyond it, okay? And that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And I've earned that right. I think every other fan has earned that right, and you should feel free to express that if so. If if that is how you feel, now if you want to be an optimist and you want to give them the whole world, fine, that's good too. I think both sides should be allowed to do so, but don't don't give me the whole bullshit of being a bad fan with with you know the the history we've gone through already. So I, you know, I think bad fan is it. That's that's a bit rough. I mean, it's hard for like I remember when we went to that Cleveland game. Hey, we, we in 2017 flew all the way from Jax to go to Cleveland, and we walk in and they called us fake fans. Oh yeah, fake fans. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like we came all the way here from Duval County to watch them play the fucking Browns in negative nine degree weather. No, but they but, thought they thought we were Cleveland homers that found some fucking Jaguars, <laughs> found, found a fucking Leftwich jersey at the Goodwill, right? And then came to a Cleveland game thinking. Oh, well, the one year Jacksonville's finally good. I'm going to go ahead and switch sides and, and bandwagon <laughs> from the freezing fucking cold on the mistake on the lake while the fucking wind chill is like fucking negative 66 degrees. And you want to you want to give me fake fans. <laughs> Fuck you, old guy. Six rows above me. OK, <laughs> Fuck you. I still remember. Can you imagine if there was actually people that jumped on the bandwagon in 2017? They got to be like, what? What was I thinking? <laughs> What was I thinking? I've only been around for five years and I've had enough. This is this is the worst thing ever. I thought it. I thought they were good. Yeah, it's like that meme: two people in a precarious situation, and one looks to the other one and goes, first time, huh?" Like that kind of. That's how. Twenty seventeen was just a really good acid trip. Is all it was, <laughs> yeah. and now. Now we've just been sobering up ever since. I don't so. think there's ever been a swifter fall. It's like that meme of the dirty apartment. Damn, you live like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. And then like you clean it all up one time for, for somebody coming over, you know what I mean? And it's super clean. And then that person cancels and you're just like, oh my God, I cleaned all this for nothing. And then it just gets worse the second time around. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars. That, that is the post-2017 Jacksonville Jaguars. It's it's been a rough way, I think, from Blake Bortles' extension to Telvin Smith, whatever happened with him, uh, Calais Campbell leaving. Like, the whole team's gone it's ridiculous. But this could be our, what was it, the 2016 draft? Right. This could be it right here, where we got Miles Jack, Yannick Ngakwe, and Telvin Smith all in the same draft. That could be Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, and Chad Muma. This could be that draft reincarnated. Yeah, could be. And it could very well be uh, 2020 all over again. So, who knows? Oh, Bar is there. I, 
you know, you want to go in optimistic. You want to go in. I'll tell you one thing. I'm happy we moved in this draft. I'm glad I'm not looking at 12 motherfuckers coming out of this draft. I am. I can tell you that. I, that was my one wish. I got it. And uh, <laughs> overall, I mean, this wasn't a bad draft. I mean, as you want to talk about best available, I think that was the, the strat all the way through. I mean, to you got to keep in mind, you're flipping a bad team. Okay, a lot of folks at home, you're flipping a bad team of this roster from last year. 16 spots are available. Okay, of the 22, 16. You're not going to fix that in one free agency. You're not going to fix that in one draft. It's going to take a second. All right. So even if you went all offense, this this draft defense was still going to be an issue and and you're still going to be. You know, like like Moses parting the Red Sea, giving guys career days that don't deserve it on the running backs of other teams. And, uh, you know, that's just you were not going to fix everything. So it's a start. If these guys stick, especially if the first four stick, I mean, that's a good draft. You did good. And, you know, that's you, you keep building. I mean, the big thing, I think, is getting these guys on a second guys that deserve it on a second contract, making sure you have depth uh, around for, for years to come and not just, you know, feeding the league the, the little bit of good talent you have and just, you know, wearing bums all the time. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that you moved around because you got guys that will stick and, and be here for impactful players uh for for a while so let's look at the hall let's look at the hall as a as an overall you know draft uh for the jacksonville jaguars 2022 here we go trayvon walker 1-1 all right defensive end georgia really good defense they schemed him to be a block eater kind of a decoy but the jaguars see the traits that they could use to make him an all-around superstar so they're they're not drafting him for what he's going to do in his rookie year all right, maybe the Lions are drafting Aiden Hutchinson for what he's going to do in his rookie year. The Jaguars are drafting Trayvon Walker for what he's going to do for the next four to five years. So just try to look at it like that. Stay the course, baby. Take a breath. All right, then trade it back into the first round. Like Pat said, gave up late capital. Love to see it. Jaguars never do that. They never do that unless it's for Jordan Smith, apparently. But they did it. And they got Devin Lloyd, a really good player I think we're all excited about. That's two defensive anchors possibly for the next 10 years. All right. Next pick. Guess what? Brandon Linder's gone. We took Brandon Linder in the third round. And who's there? Luke Fortner, baby. The next Brandon Linder in the third round. Center from Kentucky. Uh, Balky said they, and Peterson said they drafted him as a center, but they are aware that he could play left guard. And this is an interior offensive line that Pat and I have stressed does not exist like we have brandon scherf and then two big fat question marks between uh tyler shatley who's been a journeyman on one team somehow i don't know how he's been a journeyman on the jaguars but it feels that way feels like he's been in a different position every year could have swore i saw him line up at slot corner at some point last year that's tyler shatley ben barch will robinson those are your guys those are your guys you got to work with in the interior all right, so now Luke Fortner comes in, and there is a high probability that this man is your starting center week one. If he if he shows out in camp at all, then he's going to be better than Tyler Shatley because we already know what we have in him, and what we have on him is a backup interior lineman. He's a good guy you can plug and play for four weeks, but he can't give you eight, 17 games. So Luke Fortner is going to be a starter from this draft class. So I'm, I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to ask Pat, uh, you know, the, the pick after Fortner I love, but... 
I'm going to let you, because uh, this is the lone offensive player taken in the draft. So what do you got to say about Luke Fortner? Clamoring. I've been clamoring for weeks. I want big boys on offensive line, okay? You got rid of a lot, and and for good reason, okay? Norwell, Linder retiring, uh, AJ Can. You know, you got rid of a lot of guys on this offensive line. Man, that's a hard loss, AJ Can. I, I've been restless nights <laughs> over that one. I've been tossing and turning. So, for good reason, you got rid of these cats, but you can't get rid of them and not replace them. Okay, you got to bring, you got to bring someone in. You go get Sheriff off a free agency. Excellent plug in at right guard. Uh, Luke Fortner comes in, uh, arguably the second best center behind uh, Linderbaum, I believe. Mm-hmm. Six foot four, three fifteen, the anchor of the big blue wall. Oh, the big blue wall! A little trivia for you: Luke Fortner got a master's in uh, aerospace engineering, and he's getting another master's in mathematics. Oh, great! We got the Josh Dobbs shit all over again. He's a fucking astronaut, <laughs> absolute whiz kid, playing center for you. Okay, um, I've been watching a little bit of him because again only offensive guy that we took um and i wanted some more i again i want i, I would have been happy with two or three offensive linemen out of this draft but i'll settle for what i'll take luke fortner um again i i, I like the the way he plays it, it, they play they run a zone run offensive scheme in kentucky which fits very well into what we want to do here in in jacksonville uh i love he he's excellent downhill downhill run blocking excellent some of his screenplay phenomenal he gets in that initial block gives you that 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 rush to the chest with his paws and then he's down he's he's gone he's to the seams he's making the next block downfield for that screen very i mean he's very quick and so i do like that about him i know screenplay is probably something that uh, peterson's going to try and work in especially with some of the speed that we've got out of that backfield if if travis Etienne comes in at least 70 percent of what he's in and then, you know, some of the other guys we've acquired in the free agency. So I think that's going to work out very well. His pass protection, a little bit more suspect, could use some work. But he he doesn't bite the, the hezzies. He doesn't bite the spin moves. He doesn't bite on any of the, uh, you know, the tricks that the defensive linemen are going to try and do to get, you know, inside his shoulder. I think he waits. He waits for that opportunity. He sees the chest plates and boom, he's on you. He hooks you. He's anchoring you down. You're not going anywhere. So um, I'm very happy with with that pick. And Luke Fortner, I think if everything goes well and shakes out, he's going to be a center for for many years to come. I'm very excited about that. Uh, you said Travis Etienne. And I think Jaguar fans aren't thinking enough about how Travis Etienne is a part of this draft class. Like, Travis Etienne is on the 2022 draft class. So you can pencil him in behind De- or in front of Devin Lloyd at 25 overall, Travis Etienne. Okay, if you introduce him into this draft class, it makes this draft class look a lot better, doesn't it? Well. So I'm just saying, you know, I, if he plays well, he's okay. He's a gently, he's a gently used Travis Etienne, okay? He's not yes. the... He's Facebook Marketplace gently used. Uh, Travis Etienne is not. Is he not? He's not fresh out of college. All right, let's not let's not okay. pretend that it's. A- but you know, he's going to come in, and we're hoping to get an impact out of him as well. That's another new face that we haven't seen. So 
We have uh, we've got good players. I think Pat said it. Luke Fortner is going to be your starter week one. I think uh, Trayvon Walker with where he was drafted, I would be shocked if he doesn't start week one. Uh, but I'd be glad, gladly surprised because that means my boy Dewan Smoot is finally getting his plays. And, and, and that's another thing with these these rookies are going to press the guys that are already here to see if they're going to be any better. Like Luke Fortner might make Tyler Shatley reach his his ceiling. Who knows? I think Trayvon Walker could take Smoot from six sacks a season to 12 sacks. Who knows? What do you think, Duval Dan? Yeah, man. Um, no disrespect to Dewan Smoot or anything. Uh, probably a great guy, but I hope he never plays another down uh, for the Jaguars <laughs> because uh, I, I hope that Trayvon Walker slides right, ah! slides right into that spot and just becomes an all-pro. Um, once again, you take a guy at 1-1, you want to see the production, you want to see him there uh, holding down that spot for the next 10 years, just being a staple in the league, just terrorizing quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, all love, Smoot, if you're listening to this, all love. <laughs> hey, so you think that since they play the similar roles that Dewan Smoot's going to get cut, why not Clavon Chazon? You think Clavon Chazon deserves to be on the team more than Dewan Smoot? Uh, absolutely not. I, you know, I could, I would be fine with, uh, you know, Smoot getting some downs if it means that Caleb on Chason doesn't see the field. So, you know, if we're, if we're swapping there, I guess we can do that. Smoot, you can, you can take that. You can take that. That's something that, that makes me feel a little better. So, uh, as a whole, who was your favorite pick in the draft? Really big fan of the Lloyd pick. Um, think looking at him and Mumo, both of those guys put up, you know, kind of the, the crazy, I guess numbers that you want to see as far as production when you're thinking about high draft picks, you know, 100 tackle type guys. Um, Lloyd with four interceptions, um, you know, got to the quarterback, had a couple of touchdowns. So um, I'm excited for that linebacker pairing. Definitely not exactly what I was expecting them to do, but did like the Lloyd pick and then the Fortner pick. I think, you know, kind of like you guys said, he should come in right away and compete for that starting spot and if he's a smart guy he can be an anchor of your offensive line and help call the signals and you know really kind of lock things down something that kind of been a a rotating door type of position with Brandon Linder um, and his injury history so hopefully we'll see some more stability there and um, you know fill in that question mark at left guard and maybe offensive line can be something with the addition of Scherf that starts to be a strength. Uh, you, you mentioned the number 70 overall pick. And since the Jaguars made this pick, I've had one thing on my brain. And that it's made me happy. Okay, Chad made me happy. That's his nickname. I'm never going to call him anything other than make me happy because it did. It truly did. Uh, he is a smart defender. He reminds me a lot of Brian Cushing. If uh, anybody around our age, like, you know, maybe early 30s, late 20s, you know the great Brian Cushing that played at Houston and, and Ravage. But that same mentality and, and eyes for the ball always ending up near the ball. Maybe not the best physically. He's not the fastest. He's not going to win any races. Uh, but he's just in the right place at the right time making sound tackles. And I think, Chad, that's a big part this defense was missing. And like Dan said, this linebacker core is completely overhauled. Like last year, we were throwing out Damian Wilson. We were throwing out Miles Jack. All right. We were throwing out uh, Booms McGee. We had no idea linebackers that were playing last year. And now we've got three solid linebackers and Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, and Foye Luquan. 
And when you look at the scheme, I know I keep on I keep on bringing Mike Caldwell from from Tampa Bay, but those linebackers are so integral to that scheme. And he, and Mike Caldwell got here and he went in that linebacking room and he said, "Nope." And he closed the door right away and all it was 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 uh Damian Wilson waving at him and the next day it was cut. So Mike Caldwell knew that, that he needs linebackers that can play his system, and his system is fly around the ball, get in space, make plays, and come from different spots from the middle of the field, from the second level. And that's exactly what they do in Tampa, and now Jaguars have equipped themselves with the type of personnel to where they can actually run a scheme, which is what they didn't do last year, at least on, on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, I guess Joe Cullen, he did the best with what he could. There were some games that looked a lot better than others, you know, the Buffalo game. So hopefully we can double down and commit to this 3-4 style defense where everyone plays different positions and we're moving guys around and nobody could ever get a read on you. And that'll hopefully make it easier on cornerbacks such as Shaq Griffin, Tyson Campbell, and please God, anyone other than Andrew Wingard at safety. I can't believe we didn't draft a safety. If we want to get into what we were missing from this draft out of all the hall, like all the positions that we picked, I would have really enjoyed seeing somebody that could come and replace Andrew Wingard because I do not need another season of Dewey in my life. I mean, uh, this, I think, uh, looking at the last two picks, I think they were both very... I think they were both steals between between Luke Fortner and 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 Chad. Who doesn't love a good Chad, right? Uh, a good bro. I'm I'm happy with those. You know, both those picks back to back. Chad and and Devin Lloyd, I believe, both come in. You want to talk about versatility? I think those guys are are the, your most versatile guys uh, out of this draft. I think you can plug and play those guys in the zone. You can plug them uh, in, in the back with the linebackers. You can bring them up to the line. You can uh, motion them out. I mean, you can do whatever you want with those guys. They're versatile. They're fast. They're smart. And um, you know they can play out in coverage and they can come downhill on a blitz play. So. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned about uh, the, that new scheme that's going to get implemented here soon. Uh, that I think that has everything that, to do with, with what the personnel that you took this draft. You look for guys that can fit that mold. And, you know, I think it's going to be an instant impact between between those two linebackers. So, um, yeah, very excited for, for the addition. And um, I, I think it works out in, in, in spades for this defense. Yeah. I think uh, the signing of Darius Williams really tipped their hand at what they want to do on defense, Duval. I think the signing of Darius Williams shows you that they're going to be running a lot of what, Pat? They're going to be running a lot of nickel because they invested a lot of money in him, and that's where he plays. And if you're going to be running a lot of nickel, that defensive line's losing a, losing a guy most of the time, right? So you need a stout defensive line that's going to be able to eat blocks, for linebackers to be able to move around and get in space. So I think Darius Williams is going to be on the field a lot more than people think. I think he's going to be on the field for like 81% of the snaps. First down, Jaguars are going to be in nickel. So that that way you're going to need a lot more. If you're going to go that route, you're going to need a lot more linebackers and a lot more linebackers that can cover, that can, that can move side to side and not get beat deep and can also come up and rush the passer when they need to. And I think they got two guys that can do that. In Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma, two great scheme fits that'll make it so it's not such a big deal when the Jaguars are in nickel on first down all the time because Darius Williams is going to be too good of a player to keep on the bench. 
Uh, I mean, do you, do, uh, am I am I flying? Am I going off the handle here, thinking that the Jaguars are going to be running a lot of nickel this year? Because we might be playing from behind a lot. So these guys are going to be really important and probably more well, important than an Aiden Hutchinson. Nothing that we're not used to doing by any stretch of the imagination, right? Um, is playing from behind. So. Um, no, I think you have a lot of versatility. You can run 4-3. You can run that 3-4. You can get out uh, you know, with that nickel package. I think there's a lot you can do with, with this defense, with the guys you've added on. And again, if they translate very well, you're very versatile. You can do whatever you want. I saw I saw a uh, on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but I saw a, a 3-3 bear formation um, that Tampa was running last year. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff you can do with with this defensive scheme as long as the guys are, are smart enough between the ears to to get it done, and and you you certainly have the talent for it. I mean, you you got guys that yeah. that play in different roles, especially at this linebacking core, and um, and you didn't have the talent before the draft. That's the main deal. You did not, uh, you did you not, did not have not. the talent to run any multiple schemes before this draft, and unfortunately, the Jaguars just didn't have all the picks, so they couldn't take offensive difference makers along with defensive difference makers, but that's all you want. You want difference makers, and the Jaguars saw a difference maker at 1.1 in Trayvon Walker. They truly see him as that, so they took him there. They saw a difference maker in Devin Lloyd. They took him. Difference maker in Luke Fortner and Chad Muma, so they took those guys. Now, we can only hope that they are. We can only hope Luke Fortner plays plays great at center and we can only hope that these guys help develop into Mike Caldwell's scheme into a great dominant defense in Tampa Bay but we don't know what we don't know so let's just be happy and hopeful and realize that the Jaguars they didn't do terrible I mean I mean they didn't start the way you wanted but we finished pretty all right I think I uh, got a bunch of special teamers on the back end do we even want to talk about these guys because these guys never make the roster I'll tell you what no, Jordan no, no, Smith no, 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 no. All we right. won't have any Snoop slander on this podcast. We will oh, not have that. No Snoop slander. Yeah, Jaguar straight it up. <laughs> no, we're not having any of that, okay? As a oh. matter of fact, Dan, I want you to lead the way. Give me some Snoop scoops real quick. The scoop on Snoop. Yeah, Snoop Connor. Bulldog. Big back. I guess I can't call him a bulldog considering he went to Ole Miss, but he's a bulldozer. Yeah, he's a bulldozer back. He gets down in there, short yardage guy. He's a rebel. Uh, I think I was seeing like 70% of his touchdowns in college came from within five yards. So um, Snoop's going to drop you like you're hot if you get in his way. Love it. I love that. Put that on a fucking Snoop and score? A little Snoop and score? Is that what you're saying? That's it, baby. I think between him and J-Rob hopefully can come back and be strong. And, uh, you know, those guys should be laying the boom pretty good. We, You know, we got to take it from Derrick Henry and Johnny Taylor and now Damian Pierce over in, in Houston. So it would be good to have someone to give it back a little bit. And then you got Hassan Haskins as well Yeah, that, that the Tennessee Titans just took. Yeah, the Titans so. got a couple of your guys. Um, I think they took Burks with their first overall pick as well. Yeah. Yep. But they traded away A.J. Brown, and that's another win for the Jaguars right there because with that trade, guess what? Guess who would kind of be a luxury on this team right now and he wouldn't really matter? Dude, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, all right? He would have. It'd be great if he was on the team, but 
Uh, we have six games against teams where their number one wide receiver is Brandon Cooks until he gets traded in Houston. Uh, Indianapolis, uh, you've got Michael Pittman Jr., who's not who's not scaring me. I'm not staying up late on Michael Pittman Jr. And then now Tennessee trailing Burks. Are you kidding? Like, hey, there's no Brand- number one receivers in the AFC South at all. Brandon Cooks has done his fair share of damage to the Jaguars. <laughs> but he's going to be gone. He's going. They're trading him. He gets well, traded every year. When when it happens, we'll we'll talk yeah. about it. For now. Uh, yeah, serious liability. No, I think I think Dan nailed it though. Snoop, big back. Uh, he's got a little bit more top end speed than James Robinson, but I mean, it's he he has no problem meeting you in the middle. If you want if you want that smoke, Snoop will deliver for sure. Uh, <laughs> I love the puns. The, the, I love the, the puns. The guy dude. will deliver. All right, Moon Rocks. All right, the guy's got it. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I'm 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 happy with it. If if J Rob comes back, you know, even seventy percent off that energy, I've I've got more hope in in, in James Robinson. Obviously, a longer uh, injury than I do Travis Etienne. But again, if either one of those cats come back at, with at least seventy percent uh, production, it, Snoop is a good compliment to the back. He's definitely no bomb like Carlos Hyde. Uh, so. Um, yeah, I, I like the depth. It adds a little bit of rotation to that um, to that running back room, and it, and as we mentioned already, a, a great stout running back to have on on first and inches on the goal line. So yeah, I mean the Jaguars see that you got two running backs that have one good foot between them. Yep. Hopefully, so. no more Toby Gerhart four tries from the one <laughs> situations. <laughs> what a pull! Yeah. I All mean, right, I got it. That is a pull right there, Toby Gerhart. Yeah. Oh my word, you're bringing back really bad memories there, man. That is rough. Oh, Tommy Bohannon was better than Toby Gerhart. I'm gonna go out and say that right now. Um, but Snoop and Dr. J, James Robinson, they're going to be, they're going to, yeah, yeah. You like that? Okay. (laughs) Off the dome. All right. We, we hope to get a good, a good little three core out of those guys. So Travis Etienne and James Robinson, if they're both healthy, then this running back room is going to be stout, right? I mean, is Raikou Armstead, Raikou Armstead didn't play badly. He could be a practice squad running back. Like, you know what I mean? Jaguars got depth now at running back by taking Snoop, and they traded up to get him. means that they they really liked they him. They really liked him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They did. They, they traded some, some capital up. for him. Snoop Connor. It just, it sounds like, it just, that doesn't, that name just doesn't sound real to me. I got, it has to, it's got to soak in. It's like Smoke Monday. Oh, oh I, I totally forgot about Smoke Monday. Where do you go, Devin? Find out where Smoke Monday went. We need to know. Don't say the Jets. Smoke Monday is on the Saints. Oh, and they just signed Matthew. That was a dumb signing. Uh, Matthew's not making it through camp. That's what I'm trying to say, you know? <laughs> the GM shit's easy. Why, why would you get another safety when you get Smoke Mondays back there? Well, I mean, you know, you got, I don't know if that's a good pairing because Matthew smokes every Monday. So that's <laughs> like, that. That's a, that's a weird pairing they got at safety there. I like it. Sean, you know... We we managed to create a career in in the draft as well this year. I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, what did we do? We we talk a lot about creating careers uh, during the NFL season. You know, we yeah. always look for that create a career award and and who might have gotten it for you know their their out of this world production that they typically are. Michael Carter, average yeah. ball player, but Gregory Jr. You know, <laughs> yeah. hey, uh, and I can pronounce this name ten times, and I won't get it right once. Quachita, huh? Quachita, Quachita, Quachuda, Quachita Baptista University. Okay, 
love your little flair at the end. Did you like that? Yeah, a little Hispanic flair. I like it. My man's first. A, uh, he's well traveled. Drafted of the school. First ever. <laughs> Never ever in the history. How long has this university been alive? Dev, let me know how long this university been around. First ever ball player to be yeah, drafted out of Quachita Baptista Quachita University. Okay. <laughs> so even even in the off season, the Jaguars find a way. Uh, um, OBU in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, was OBU. found in 1886. 1886. What's OBU? OBU CB University. DBU. All right, that's that's them. Gregory Jr. What's OBU? OBU is that Quachita? Yeah, it's Ochita. It's not Quchita. Where'd you get the Q from? I believe it's pronounced Wachita. Oh, Wachita. And another uh, little note about Wachita Baptist University. They have produced an NFL Hall of Famer. Oh, wow. Uh, Dallas Cowboys safety Cliff Harris. Okay. Undrafted undrafted in 1970, but a two-time Super Bowl champion with the Dallas Cowboys. Look at that. Would you look at that? Maybe that's already been a hotbed. People have been sleeping on it. Jacksonville Jaguars might end up changing their name to the Jacksonville Wachitas. I mean, that sounds good. Jaguar fans may remember this guy from the all-time name team. Philip Supernaw was a tight end for the Titans. <laughs> Philip Supernaw. Supernaw. I remember that. I remember that guy. Yeah. God, what pulls. You could tell. Duval Dan is in the trenches with these Jaguars. He's bringing up Toby Gerhardt. He's bringing up Supernaw. I mean, the next thing... Well, You're going to hear Reggie Barlow, head coach of USFL. Say, let's, let's pull the curtain behind. Uh, Dan is also an Ochina uh, uh, alumni. He actually graduated there. Yeah, so. yeah I'm, I'm a big-time homer. <laughs> big everybody, homer. Everybody knows me. Uh, I'm a well-known booster uh, <laughs> yeah. of the university. So. I hear those booster fees are like 20 bucks. It's probably pretty dope. Yeah, this NIL stuff is uh, going crazy. <laughs> These kids Drowning out my wallet. <laughs> It's hard out Can't here. get superstars like uh, Greg Jr. every day, man. All right. So we've pretty much gone through all the picks, but uh, I think next week or the week after, we're going to do our favorite episode of this podcast. I think every year we have our favorite. It's, it's the best episode oh, we yeah, do baby. every year. Oh, yeah, And that baby. is the undrafted free agent draft, baby. We draft the undrafted free agents. And I'm looking here at the hall. We got 15 guys. All right, and I don't want to give away. I don't want Pat knowing who I'm going first round and and stuff like that. I want to hear from Duval Dan after we we pulled in all the players we got from the actual NFL draft out of all the undrafted rookie signings. Give me a name or two that you can throw at me right now. Like, hey, you guys should be these guys should be flying up your undrafted rookie boards, okay? Because we've got great alumni from our drafts, such as such as uh, Dewey Wingard, Andrew Wingard was a Pat's Smith's draft pick yep. three years ago. That's it. All right. Do we wing guard? Every day that passes by. <laughs> uh, Ross Matissic, ring a bell. Another one. Ross Matissic, your long, long snapper. Yeah. He just uh, re signed. Just re signed. Got a three year yes. deal, baby. My, hey, yeah. listen. <laughs> GM Pat is looking good, baby. Yeah. Is looking you got good. it. So, Dan, but we got, I want, I want GM Duval Dan right now. Give me a name or two. Let's go. Undrafted rookie class. Who, who's going to be this year's James Robinson? James Robinson, by the way, not drafted. By, by, 
by either of us, which is probably the biggest mistake that we ever made. So there's that. Oh man, I saw your boy Dylan Moses got waived right before the draft as well. Oh, so I my con- my condolences on that. Dylan Moses, not my man, not my yeah, guy. Yeah, b- big congrats to Ross on getting the bag. Drinks on him next time at beach bars. Yes, uh, absolutely. good for good for Ross. Uh, yeah, a couple names. I think both the wide receivers they picked up. Uh, the kid Kevin Austin from Notre Dame got a pretty pretty sizable deal considering uh, being a UDFA. So I know a lot of people are saying he's kind of early to make the roster. And then um, the kid Winningham from Central Arkansas, another small school uh, type of kid, but a big body guy. So, um, you know, I'm sure you guys will get more in depth and have have more takes. So I'll just bring up the wide receivers and and, uh, leave it at that. And I think that's the consensus in the fan base because – everybody's starved for a wide receiver, right? A a big body pass catcher out there because we're not getting it from Marvin Jones. We're worried about Christian Kirk and his route running ability. We're scared of wide receiver. Let's just be honest. So if either of these guys can come in and compete and give us, but at the same time, we've seen great camps. Colin Johnson had a great camp and we were drinking on Colin Johnson's Kool-Aid and then he's cut the next year. So it's, it's hard for me to be able to pick, a wide receiver in my undrafted rookie pool because I don't think that the Jaguars are going to hold on to any of these guys because they're in love with their wide receiver room the way it is. They apparently love Laquan Treadwell. You almost stumbled there a little bit, John. Were you trying to say something else? No, 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 no. Laquan Treadwell, he's well-treaded, all right? And, uh, yeah, Zay Jones just got the bag. So that, that might not be the way we go. I think, you know, Kevin Austin has a shot. He's got a couple surgeries on his left foot. Hopefully he stays healthy, but uh, you know, it just seems like I mean, look at look at preseason last year. We had that Cotton guy was out there. We had Tavon Austin. I mean, the the revolving door of wide receiver Colin Johnson, uh, the revolving door of wide receivers that that just didn't even end up on this team. So I think we're gonna we're standing pat with our five guys that we got, and uh, so. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to take either of those guys, so they might be all yours. Alan Lazard is another notable, uh, you know, name that we we cut Mm -hmm. and getting meaningful meaningful reps over in Green Bay. So playing in playoff games and stuff. If Jaguars ain't doing that, good for him. Yeah, good for him. So uh, overall, so we don't like draft grades. Okay, Uh, so we're not going to give them. Uh, I'm going to say Jaguars are a plus. My initial reaction, A+. plus Can't get any better because all these guys haven't played a fucking down in the NFL yet, and we don't know if they're any good or not, so everybody just chill out, drink some juice, all right? Calm down. Your blood sugar's too high. Lower it. Let's figure it out. Uh, drinking juice will actually do the opposite of lowering your blood sugar. Oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. Your blood sugar's low. <laughs> okay, I think that's a good indication that we're winding down. We're past time anyway. We didn't get to hit the entire draft. Sorry, Buster Brown. We'll have to catch up with you later. But, guys, good talk. And big shout-out to Duval Dan for calling in today. It was great to have you on the show. I know Sean and Pat kind of forgot you existed in the middle there. But, nonetheless, thank you for joining us. It was an honor and a pleasure, fellas. I really appreciate it. Go Jags. And to our listeners, thank you, as always, for joining us on this week's episode of the Duval Hot Takes Podcast. I'm Taylor Smith, moderator. Sean Daly, host. Pat Smith, co-host. Devin May, Vax and Stats. 
Duval Dan is one of our many listeners who we love hearing from. If you want to join us on the show, if you want to get your hot takes out there, find us on Twitter at Duval Hot Takes. Share your takes with us. Otherwise, be sure to tune in next week when we do, uh, like Sean said, probably the episode where we have the most fun, the UDFA draft. Sean and Pat just cut loose. It's a blast. Looking forward to it. We'll see you there. Peace.